Hello, beef stickers, and uh, I guess it's kind of relevant. The week after we had blood and guts, we lost the most blood and guts wrestler this side of Bruiser Brody. Yes, sadly, as we're recording this, this afternoon, New Jack City had passed away. And we will be ending the show with a, a tribute. I wouldn't say beautiful tribute because there's nothing beautiful about New Jack. <laughs> no, no. A fitting tribute. That forehead is kind of pretty. <laughs> I love it when he furrows his brow. That's yes, true. folks. New Jack goes to heaven for a new adventure. Yeah, we're going with that. That's what we're telling the kids. <laughs> New Jack and Jesus out on the jungle gym. Who goes deeper to hell, New Jack or Benoit? Oh, Benoit, hands down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know, man. He did all of his like in, in just like three days. New Jack's had almost a lifetime of right. Deeds. I don't know. Yeah, like maybe he could have learned from his and, and, and changed his ways. But I mean, never. maybe they're both just in one fucking hell in a cell down at the bottom. A hell in a cell in hell. <laughs> two of them just forever wrestling there you go god now fitting i want to go to hell and watch that yeah now. right Fuck. that'd be the best best pay-per-view now is it heaven oh man <laughs> what did we just do here pasty we broke hell in uh, heaven it's a paradox it's like it's like we divided by zero fucking nuts how could we do <sighs> such a thing new jack did it that's all it took yeah. he jacked us into the truth Better than jacking us off. That's what he was trying to do to all those people in the ring. He was just trying to plug them into the truth. <laughs> he couldn't get through their skulls. <sighs> Speaking about getting through their skulls, how about uh, how about that blood and guts, man? Oh, boy. Talk about the most dangerous cage match I've ever seen. I've never seen a cage cut somebody <laughs> open. So, like three seconds into the match, dude. Talk blood. About- if AEW is good at one thing, it's creating not even into the match, I guess, because it doesn't start till everybody's in. But like three seconds uh, into that shit, the first time somebody was thrown at the fucking yeah. cage, I blood. mean, the match started right away. They just can't finish it until later. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, for anybody who may or may not know, it's just war games. They just can't call it war games because WWE owns the rights. Um, yeah, it was good. It's it was got the cage one. on the top, though. The the roof, you mean? Yeah. So does war that, games. That, yeah, well, not not uh, the NXT one. Uh, People be jumping yeah. off the top of that shit into the ring all the time. Oh, yeah, I think they, they switch it back and forth. No, NXT hasn't had it at all. That was the one thing that everybody was saying was the oh, one, one standout one difference. one of them was when they threw them to the top, and maybe, that was, maybe I'm just thinking of an old WCW NWA one. They have the wide scaffolding around the edges. Right, right, but, right. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, you know, it it was a good... It was a good match. I'd say the match itself um, was very solid. It didn't it fall apart until the commercials kept coming and then uh, the end. Luckily, I, I watched a non-commercial version, so that actually worked good. out pretty well. Um, yeah, you you and all of our fans in uh, the rest of the world pretty much pretty got the good version. I watched enough. the American version, and there was literally <laughs> more commercials than there was match. I will admit, I don't. I'd have to go back and watch more of NXT, ones, but I don't think it was better than the NXT ones we've seen yet. And the worst part is, show. you know how usually when they go to commercial, it's it's picture in picture. Mm-hmm. Well, they do that for the first two commercials, and then the picture in picture would go away, and you'd have to watch just commercials. 
Like, what is going on? This match should be protected from these commercials a little bit better. Yeah, mine had no commercials, and it had commentary during the commercials. Do what WWE does and get those ringside apron things digital, and then just run ads on them the whole time. You know what I mean? Or, I mean, because this was was not a pay-per-view. This was a, a, a special AEW Dynamite edition. Yeah. Have TNT um, get one sponsor, and you just say the sponsor's name a million times during the show and never cut the commercial. <laughs> you know, a lot of people do that. Blood know. and guts and Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think um, WWE's so, got them on lock. You couldn't, you couldn't get them. So I guess there's two big elephants in the room in this one, and let's start with the first one. We had uh, Cody Rhodes versus QT Marshall, which was a decent match. Not great, but decent. But at the very end of this, like, fucking, I don't know, eight-minute match or whatever the hell, Cody's got QT in a figure four. And then right before QT taps, Cody just blades for no reason. He's not getting hit. <laughs> He's not hurting. He's the one fucking attacking. And then right he in front put of the camera. That figure four in so hard, <laughs> it put so much strain on his head that he just erupted. I guess there's three elephants in the room. We'll get to that. Yeah, that was just, I like. I want to know what what happened. Like, was there a missed cue? Is it just Cody fucking knowing he has to blade or bleed or, like, what? That's the weirdest blade job I've ever seen. It was it was right in the camera. I mean, you just watched him just take it right across. They the need better camera people. I yes. think that's the one universal truth about AEW and especially. The Blood and Guts episode. Yeah, I, I will say that AEW, if they do anything, they make me appreciate Kevin Dunn a little more. And I hate yeah. Kevin Dunn, but man. Um, so there was that. That was odd. So then uh, before we get to the biggest elephant, I suppose, since we were talking about camera shit, how about the old uh, the old Iggy that uh, Chris Jericho gave? Um, who the fuck did he, was he powerbombing? Uh, when they were up on top of the the hell in a cell or the mjf yeah it was him and mjf yeah yeah they were the only two on top and so so jericho's up there and he's got mjf like he's gonna either give him a power bomb or a pile driver or something and the cameraman zooms right in on jericho fucking tapping him four times on his wrist before he fucking (laughs) throws jericho off yeah you don't show him give him the iggy no you don't it's like, come on, man. Uh, so then the, the big elephant in the room, Pasty, you want to take this one? Uh, man, MJF and Jericho are battling it out on the top. It was pretty cool. I was disappointed because as soon as I saw it had a top, I'm like, they're going to be up there. Yeah. Um. Then MJF threatens to throw Jericho off the top after hitting him with the dynamite diamond ring. And busting him open, um, so so Sammy Guevara calls the match. Says we surrender. Oh yeah, that that is one thing I want to mention. That one of the rules. That's the I old school. Yeah, yeah. About the blood and guts is there is no pinfall. It's either tap out or verbal surrender. Yeah. So that's really I, cool. I dug I dig that. that. Yep. Uh, and and so they surrender. And then, obviously, he was going to do it, but yeah. they did it in such a slow, like, stupid, drawn-out way that it was just dumb. But he still throws Jericho off the edge of the 
the cell and onto a, a mattress more comfy than my own and cardboard. And I feel like it could have been so much better if they would have just built a little bit of a structure and had the fucking paneling four to six inches above the mat. Oh, yeah. Instead of him just falling flat on a mat with cardboard, because you can't make that look good. Pacey, you, you can't just leave it at cardboard because that doesn't do it justice. This is cardboard that they had fucking Textured diamond look, steel yeah. <laughs> printed on top of it. So yeah. it looked like the entrance. 3D'd out, texturized. Yeah. Um, they went all out on the cardboard, but yeah, they could have done a little more with that. And then to make things worse, the fucking announcers, even they had to have seen that shot. Under the concrete. (laughs) Concrete doesn't have that texture either guys. Um, (laughs) it's like, first of all, it's supposed to look like steel. You call it. And then they keep, they keep like, keeping the camera on Jericho's face while he's laying there and he's like peeking his eye out to see if he's okay to like talk to people about the ending of the match and it was it's their cameraman man (laughs) if they could have pulled back on that shot more it maybe would have looked a little bit better but like I said if they would have just built a structure where he would have hit whatever it is that's supposed to break and then fell another four to six inches before hitting the pad it would have looked Way, way, way better. Right, and I'm not taking anything away. I don't. No, I don't think wrestlers. It's need Jericho. To be he doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think that. I, I don't want him to hit anything hard or get injured by any means. Which he did, legitimately get injured, and we'll get into that later. Also. Yeah, so they say, but he's got a fucking metal brace on his elbow, oh. and he's going to use that for the Judas effect. Oh. Uh, it. Okay, so maybe it is storyline. I but don't buy it. Nonetheless, it's like. There were so many ways that they could have done it different. They could have done a, a test run beforehand. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be with Jericho, a stunt guy, a dummy, something, just to see how it's going to look. Yeah. Um, it's like, And Tony Khan had to be backstage like, oh, God, it's the exploding barbed wire ring all over again. Right. Yeah. Great yep. match. Great match. Dud it. AEW can't catch a break with that. No. And then I guess... I guess we should point out also, which has nothing to do with our enjoyment of the show, but apparently live, it was a taped show and they only got the blood and guts show live. So they had to watch the rest on a big Titan Tron, which is kind of shitty. It's kind of shitty, but at the same point he offered refunds and they only refunded five people. So people couldn't have been that mad. Yeah. They refunded a lot more than five people, but Tony, Tony Khan said he only refunded five people. I've seen on the internet more than five people say that they got a refund from it that were there. So I'm guessing, I don't know. I, I don't know. I can, I can almost guarantee if there's that many people there, how is only five people going to ask? Fuck, even if I enjoyed it, I'd just be like, yeah, give me a refund. Fuck. Right. <laughs> like, so I don't know about the, I think the five is. I'm going to go w- buy some beer. That's WWE number crunching right there. I just take the refund and go to their merch table. Yeah, yeah, right? It's like, I'll still promote you, man. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's kind of awkward, but that didn't affect my enjoyment of it. And I didn't realize it until I read it later. So, or actually, no, the night of, because there were people posting pictures of it. Like, I paid for my ticket and this is the shit I get. Well, they still got to be part of the show because they recorded it in front of no audience whatsoever. So the people in the audience were still the audience noises. They were the, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, yeah, all in all, uh, a, a big show for them, some positives and negatives. 
I can't even honestly I don't remember any of the other matches than the Cody QT and the Blood and Guts. I think there is two more matches and I can't even think of what they were. Fucking fucking I know, right? Filler <laughs> <laughs> filler matches, which is again, Yeah, no, fine. I mean this, the the Blood and Guts match itself was an hour worth of time. Right. So Yeah, yeah. And it was I mean it was a one it it was a one match show. That's all it needed to be. That's what we all tuned in for. And I, I, I enjoyed every bit of it until the very end, really. I mean, it was they were mm. putting it all out there. There was blood everywhere. So um, much blood. I'll, I will say a lot of you, you saw blood. You could see people blading in that match, too. I'm oh, not yeah, going to say yeah, you couldn't, because you definitely... <laughs> there, were, there were a lot of botches, but, you know, when you have that many people... Oh, <laughs> I had to laugh at old Sammy Guevara. It was like, at one point, he ran from one ring, just jumped up, Hit the and ropes and then bounced the other ones. Spring, springboarded off the one rope to the next rope and then did a move. I don't remember what it was. It was a cutter. Okay, yeah. And they did a cutter. And I was like, oh, you know what? I, that's kind of cool. You know, I, I'm not a big Sammy fan, but that was cool. I, I'll, I'll admit it. And then he did one more move where he springboarded up on one and then jumped over, hit somebody else. And then once everybody's in, he fucking goes to do it again. And it's like, it's one of those things. You go to the well too many times. Yeah, yeah. And he fucking, I thought he was going to be hurt. <laughs> He he tried to springboard and he slipped on the top one. I'm sure it's sweaty and bloody as hell by now, you know. Mm. And oh man, he he went. His head started coming down. I thought he was going to be hurt. He didn't, but it was like, come on, Sammy. Once was awesome. Two was good. You were good there, buddy. <laughs> but yeah, um, really fun. Uh, I would I will definitely go back and watch Blood and Guts again. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I liked the match as a whole, and so the ending didn't really take too much away. For me, I guess. I agree. I just plus it's Jericho. I don't need him taking a bigger bump than he needs to. You know right. what I mean? And you could have had a fuck truck full of hay bales there, and I'd have been just happy. That's <laughs> just, no, Jericho didn't even need to do that. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. First... Anybody else in that match could have been the one to take that fall. Well, if you're if if I'm them, it's your very first War Games match. Nobody yeah. goes to the top. Everybody stays inside. See, that's even what I thought about all the team. blood too. They bled real early in the whole time. Yeah. And so I was like, well, you're really setting the bar at a place. So you're desensitized to it by then. That's yeah. a, that was another problem I had about Cody blading too, which wasn't in the match or I guess was for a few seconds. But it's like, why does he even need blood in a match that we're going to see the fucking blood and guts match? Like, all right. The blood yeah. There's already enough. That. There's already enough there. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. Um, It was a good shot, though. I mean, they, they went for it. Uh, They got really good ratings. They They topped a million again. So good for them. That's great. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, and I think I, and I read from, I think Meltzer said that they were um, first in um, 18 to 18 to 45 on cable for the first time ever. So awesome. That was, that's yeah, that's huge. I mean, so it, it obviously worked to get people there. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the ratings are this week and see how much they went down. But dude, this week so much happened. I don't know if you watched this week. I didn't get to see this week at all with every, with a, yeah. <laughs> Moxley came out and fought that dude from New Japan. I can't remember his name. I, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they had a uh, Yuji Nagata, wasn't it? Or, uh, yeah. No, no, was, no, 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 no. It wasn't. Uh, that sounds yeah, great. Yeah, it was Yuji Nagata. Yeah. No, and he yeah. came out. Moxley's new theme that. song is Wild Thing by the Trugs. So fucking stupid. Oh, my it God. is kind of dumb. I know that's like a nod to Oneida and, yeah, and yeah. all that. Except Oneida had his own version. He had a really cool version of yeah. it. Yeah. It I, I went back and I watched it. And I'm like, it's not it's not the, the pan flute version. 
Uh, yeah, so, oddly enough, the pan flute would go better with Jungle Boy's fucking entrance. <laughs> the thing is, I feel like Moxley might be able to pull it off if he starts going for a more like a a Vietnam oh, vet kind of look, where he's got like camo pants and maybe brings back the eye patch or something. Have him <laughs> have him roll up his t-shirt with a pack of cigarettes in the arm. There you go. <laughs> Light him if you got him, boys. Uh, Young Bucks defeated your boys SCU and split the group. There was yes. blood in that match too, except it wasn't bladed. Oh, and didn't they do the um, the Shawn Michaels Ric Flair? Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, I love you. But yeah, Daniels, uh, uh, Matt Jackson super kicked him outside the ring, and he turned and he hit the corner post so hard it busted his eye open, and he's got this big ass black eye now. Ooh. <clears throat> I mean, he got to show color in their last match as a group. I guess that's okay. There you go. Uh, they did a bunch of AJ Styles moves, too, which was weird. Well, a lot of AJ Styles moves he got from uh, Daniels, too, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I do want to go back and watch this. What else happened? Miro beat uh, Darby oh, Allen for the TNT Championship. It was pretty uh, good. Miro, Miro came out looking like a beast. He actually came out in trunks that were red and gold and said TNT on them. Like a cocky motherfucker. (laughs) I like that. Yeah, I just... But then, like, two seconds after he won, then here comes Scorpio Sky and uh, uh, Ethan Page to beat up Sting for some reason. And it really, like... His music played for literally five seconds, and then they it was, like, focused on something else. I'm like, that's really stupid. I don't know. I just like I like Darby <clears throat> Allen, and I think if he's gonna get beat, it it doesn't need to be from a guy who really has been not good so far. And maybe this is the turnaround for him. Yeah, that's know. what I'm hoping. Um, the newest Pro Wrestling Insider magazine has an article um, with him in the hot seat. You know, an interview with him, and it's pretty good. He kind of goes into depth about WWE and AEW and stuff. So that's good timing. But we all know, or we all thought that he has it in him to be a star. He just hasn't proven it yet outside of WWE. So maybe this is, maybe this is where it goes. He looked like a beast again. I was, I was happy for him. I heard it was pretty much a a fucking murder, huh? It was a brutal murder. And then right before the end, Darby is like in the corner and Sting's there. And Darby looks at Sting like, I can't fucking do this. And they like fist bump each other and then Darby goes back in for one more rush and, and gets put out so that was kind of a cute I, I think that was cool you don't really see that in wrestling a lot where the guy knows he's gonna lose and his manager knows he's gonna lose but they're okay with it you know what I mean yeah <laughs> so that was that was interesting but uh yeah and then what else what else cool happened uh oh yeah Omega's gonna be facing both Orange Cassidy and Pac at the next pay-per-view. So that's cool. Boy, that's three. It's better than one or the other, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're completely all three, very different styles. So that'll be interesting to see how that works out. It could be amazing or it could be a car wreck. Yeah. Those are three very different styles. Huh? That'll be, and then Cody Rhodes came out and cut a promo, uh, cause he's going to face Anthony, a go-go at the pay-per-view. And now he's the American dream again. And he solved racism because he had a 
baby with a black woman, I guess. Right. Anthony Agogo, help me out. Do I know? Uh, he's he's one of the Nightmare Academy dudes. He's under QT Marshall right now. Okay. Yeah, he he's uh probably the most standout of the bunch. He looks like a fucking legit badass. I did um I did read on that too that that kind of was long winded his whole thing. Yeah, you know Cody's really good at doing really good promos, but like like what a lot of people I'll have said I'll and, and like like I thought no I don't know. He's done some good shit. But uh America's not in such a good place that you want to like say we're a great place right now. You know what I mean cuz we're not. <laughs> We're not, yeah. and, and just because why you just go, why doesn't he just go and give a big thumbs up to fucking uh, Israel also, huh? Yeah, right. It was weird. It's kind of not the right time place. I mean, eventually he had to take the, the mantle anyway. It was always going to happen. Um, so that was weird, though. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was a pretty goddamn eventful show. There's, there's probably more that I'm spacing out on, but Great. we're 21 minutes into the show. Well, I guess, Pasty, that's my cue to bring in this week in pro wrestling history. Yes, yes. Because this week, 23 years ago to the day, ECW presented the show It Ain't Seinfeld from the Elks Lodge in Queens, New York. And there were plenty of elk. Of course, anyone watching ECW obviously could see it's not Seinfeld, but the name had a special meaning because back then, at that time that the show took place, it was on the exact same night of the final episode of NBC's comedy series Seinfeld. And for the record, the Seinfeld series finale was seen by 76.8 million viewers. Uh, More viewers than watch wrestling in a year now. Yeah. <laughs> that was the fifth most watched series finale in television history behind Mash Roots, Cheers, and The Fugitive. Hey, speaking of The Fugitive, Pasty, you know a little, uh, you know that there's some uh, wrestling trivia connected to The Fugitive? Is there? Wait, no. Yeah, The, the Fugitive. Isn't that the, the movie that was with, with Harrison uh, Ford? And yeah, he's on the right? run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the character that Harrison Ford plays, Dr. Uh, Think of his name now. Anyways, the character that Harrison Ford plays is is after a real life guy who was accused of killing his wife, and then they found out he didn't do it and everything. And he was a doctor. I mean, it's based on a true story. The actual guy that that Harrison Ford's character is based off of, after he became a doctor, after Richard was, Kimball, yeah, Kimball, Doctor Dr. Kimball. Richard Kimball, yes. Yep. After he was a doctor and after all this happened and he was arrested and then found innocent and stuff, he became a pro wrestler and he created the mandible claw. (laughs) Harrison Ford's character from the fugitive created the mandible claw. Not in the fugitive. No, no. In real life. Oh yeah, wait. Like the that real is life based guy. On a true thing. That's okay. The okay. real life guy got into wrestling. He was a wrestler and created the finisher, the mandible claw. That's that's pretty awesome. <laughs> Just some, some weird shit, man, that every now and then you hear and it's like, <laughs> what the hell? Um, anyways, um back to this week. Um It Ain't Seinfeld was also very noticeable and notable for Taz introducing a new championship belt. 
the FTW Heavyweight Championship. And yes, that is the same belt that Brian, they call him Cage, currently holds. And that was actually a pot shot at Shane Douglas's reluctance to give Taz an ECW world title shot when he was just destroying everybody he was in the ring with. And the matches, you asked, Pasty? Yes, what about them? We had Jerry Lynn defeating Just Incredible. Supernova in the blue meanie of the BWO defeated the full-blooded Italians consisting of Little Guido and Tracy Smothers. Lance Storm defeated Balls Mahoney. They didn't have Big Vito with them. That's why they lost. I'm telling you. Chris Candido defeated Jamie Dundee, Crocodile's nephew. Sabu <laughs> defeated Danny Doring. Rob Van Dam and Mikey Whipwreck went to a no contest in an ECW World Television Championship match. And the main event scene, the Dudley Boys, consisting of Big Dick, Bubba, and Devon, defeated LSD, Little Spike Dudley, The Sandman, and Pasty's Tommy Dreamer. Yay! I'm glad he's always been a loser. He's always a loser. Well, I mean, (laughs) come on, you put LSD and Tommy Dreamer in a match, and you know what team's going to lose. Poor Sandman. Isn't there adoring and impact now? Uh, yeah. Any um, relations? No. Okay. Joe Doring. He's the, uh, the big beast in, um, Violent by Design. Yeah. I don't, I doubt there's any relation. That's something to look into. Yeah. You might find a connection like the fugitive, like Harrison Ford's connection to, <laughs> to mankind. To the fiend. Known. To the fiend, right? <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Britt Baker. <laughs> and they're both doctors. Uh, Fun stuff. And Impact, Doring, man, Impact is uh, currently under siege by AEW. In fact, they took the world championship, the nefarious heels. Are they under siege by AEW or just Kenny Omega? <laughs> Because I'm know, waiting Tony, for the rest of them to show up. Tony Khan is on every episode of Impact Wrestling. <laughs> I, mean, I love how Tony Schiavone is just there in the background every time. He doesn't Where, do and he's out, they're always wearing he's some always goofy, there. stupid ass shit. Yeah. Sunglasses and <sighs> I love it. It's good. <laughs> it is good. I so can't in- lie. So Impact's next pay-per-view is actually, I believe, tomorrow as we're recording this. Of course, yes. it'll be May 15th, dead in the middle of May. Impact Under Siege is the title, a brand new pay-per-view name for a brand new era of Impact Wrestling. Yes, and we're going to kick the night off with a number one contender tag team championships three-way match. Featuring everybody who didn't make it another number one contender for the world championship match. Exactly. Ace Austin and Madman Fulton take on TJP and Petey Williams taking on Triple XL versus Rohit Raju and Mahabala Shara. So, especially since this is just a number one contender, you could almost see anybody winning. It says it's a three way, but I think it's a five way. It's a four way. It's a five way. We're just going to call it a five. Well, you got triple XL in there, pasty. They're more than. So that's three in its own. So this is a six pack challenge. This is the six pack challenge, baby. But then it's a 12 pack um, challenge. Cause they're each two people <laughs> in each team. Oh my gosh. 
<laughs> Too many numbers. So basically, I look at this and I say, well, Triple XL isn't winning, and basically any other team could. And I was so close to picking TJP and Petey Williams just because I want to see old Petey with gold again someday. But You know, I was just putting it in my head of, you know, there's probably two groups that really stand out and that could, that really have momentum. And that's Ace Austin and Madman Fulton and Rohit Raju and Mahabalashira. And since, uh, since you got the, the, what I call the heart foundation team, the big man and little man with Rohit and Mahabalashira, you also have that with Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. It's like, it's basically to me a flip of a coin. Of Don't those. you have that with TJP and Petey Williams too? No, Petey Williams <laughs> is pretty small. But you have that with Triple XL. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I'm going with Rohit Rashu and Mahabalashira. Cool. Taking Ace Austin and Madman Fulton because I sit here and I think about it and I'm like, it's not who I want to win this match. It's who I want to see face Finn Juice for the championships. And then I think the only people I can see to do it is Austin and Fulton. Yeah, and they're definitely getting pushed. They're definitely coming up in impact. Old Ace Austin is like there and Fulton is on his trail. Yeah. They make a good heel team together. And that's the thing. Those are the two heel teams as well. So it's just like... Yeah, I think either one of those is a good guess. So I'm pretty sure either you, uh, you or I are getting a point on this one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is easy. Shooting fish in a barrel. And then we have uh, coming up next a tag team of Kimberly and Susan taking on the newly returned Taylor Wilde and Tanel Dashwood. Yeah. This is uh this should be fun. Even if there's nothing at stake. Both teams are good. I love seeing Taylor Wilde back. She's a former Impact Knockouts tag team champion. In fact, I think pretty sure she was the inaugural Impact Tag Team Knockouts tag team champion. Um Taylor Wilde and Sarita, I believe. I might nice. be wrong on that. Um, I'm going to go with uh, the old wildwood weed, as they call it. There you go. I'm going with Kimberly and Susan, because it's Susan. I love Susan. <laughs> she's she's so smart. Yeah. Uh, does she do character changes mid-match? She, she has not. She's not. Okay. That would be, that would be cool, though. That's what I want to see. Where they all get mixed up and you never know what you're going to get. Seeing flashes of uh, Chris and Abyss. Yeah. <laughs> when all of a sudden Abyss would kind of pop up in, in Chris Parks matches. <laughs> that was always fun. <clears throat> Nothing is going to be as fun as this next match, though. Hands down going to be the best match of the night. Brian Myers faces Black Tarus. Going Black Tarus. Uh yeah, I don't know how you can read that and, and think <laughs> anything else. Brian Myers is a good as good at being a loser. He's gonna bump like a motherfucker for him though. And uh Tarus, man, yeah, he's Tarus if he doesn't end up being a big thing, then impact is 
failing at their job because he's got star written all over him. Oh, yeah. The gimmick, the look, the uh, power, the agility. I don't think they could have found a better replacement for Abyss. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, yeah, I'm going Black Todus on this as well. I'm sure we'll see the, the rest of the crew. It'll be fun. Up next, we got the newly signed W. Morrissey taking on old Willie Mack. Do you know how hard this was to put in there? (laughs) Every time I put W period, it changed the dot to W. And I'm like, no, that's not it. (laughs) Yeah, they're both WM. So they're fighting for the the WM. Um, This one... I'm I'm gonna go with Willie Mack. I mean, it seems to make sense that you have Morrissey come in and you push him this big powerhouse. But God, I don't want to see Willie Mack lose to fucking big cast. Big cast, yeah. <laughs> it's like I just can't. No, I don't want to see it. So I'm gonna go Willie Mack. Uh, I'm going with Willie Morrissey because he's new. I want Mac to win, though. I would like Mac to put him down, and then Morrissey can have more of a chip on his shoulder and have a reason to be a dick. Right. He's. Uh, I mean, his character. I mean, he can play a dick really well, and I don't mean that negatively. Like that's he's really good at doing that. So yeah. This. Uh, yeah, I think this this should be good. Maybe I yeah, hope. Yeah, and I, I'm interested to see where this Scott Hall persona goes too. So. I hope he makes it his own. I really do. Yeah, I hope he does something with it. Comes out with a toothpick. I'll fucking stop watching right there. Yeah, I'm I'm really... He needs to evolve it, yeah. It can't just be, I'm going to copy and paste Scott Hall. He needs to evolve it for it to actually work. Be upstairs. You, you said you were gonna come later, and you could be downstairs. Oh shit! I'm on. Yeah, you are. Then I... we have the knockouts <laughs> tag team championship match, seeing Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering defend their gold against Fire and Flava once more. Um, you know this one has me a little tore up. I don't know. I don't know whether I'm supposed to pick Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering or Fire and Flava because a rematch would have me think that the original champions get it back and Grace and Ellering just got the gold for the moment to uh, bring Rachel Ellering back at a high point. But I, you know, I look at it and I'm like, I don't, they just gave Grace and Ellering the championship, I don't see them losing it right away. They're the second ever knockouts tag team champions, and Fire and Flava had a decent run with it. I'd like to see these two have a decent run with it and have them build up the legacy and, and the establishment of the knockouts tag team championship. Yeah. I just wish, you know, if you lost the championship on a pay-per-view, I wish your rematch clause had to be on a televised episode. It doesn't I, feel right to have this match twice on back-to-back pay-per-views. 
yeah, kind of, but at the same time, I'll I'll watch these four in the ring. Oh yeah, yeah. Long, so bring it on, bring it on. <clears throat> so you going with? I'm going with Grayson Ellering. You mean Giorgio Graylering? I definitely don't mean that, but that works. That's their <laughs> new name. I'm making T-shirts. They're gonna be on pro wrestling tees. What a tease! <laughs> what a tease! And they'll just be some horrible Cronenberg together fused version <laughs> of both of them. It'll be great. Old Jeff Goldblum. I like. <laughs> Next up, we got what's bound to be a, a badass match. We got X Division Championship. Josh Alexander defends his newly won X Division Championship against. El Fantasmo. Yeah. Think I gotta go with the X Division champ on this one. Josh Alexander. Or as I like to say, the love child of Pasty and Professor Fresh. <laughs> um, yeah, El Fantasmo is a super talented individual, but I agree. Josh Alexander. I wouldn't mind seeing this guy hold the X Division Championship for a year. I just, I love Josh Alexander. I have since he was in the North. And now on his own, he's just, there's a new fight. I never liked the North. Always hated him. But you like Josh Alexander solo. Yeah. Yeah. I dig it. Thought I was going to like Ethan Page solo too, but they didn't do that. How shitty, man. I got to leave this company because I don't want to be in a tag team anymore. <laughs> hey, welcome to the new company. Uh, we're going to have you in a startup tag team that we're just going to kind of throw together. With a member from SCU Hopefully who's never that. actually left SCU, <laughs> but he definitely isn't in SCU anymore because they haven't been seen together in like a year. Yeah, you're you're tag team with a member of of one of the most amazing tag teams for the last few years. <laughs> By the way, next week we're gonna split up SCU, and you guys are gonna pick up the name SC two. Did they do that, or are you just making? That no, up? no, I, I'm making it up. <laughs> okay, that'd be great, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be just awful. Or SC new, right? <laughs> That's even better. Oh uh, fuck. Uh, 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 uh. Then that brings us to the knockouts championship. Deanna Purazzo takes on somebody who couldn't even win the tag team titles. Havoc. I don't know why you'd pick Havoc in this match. It just doesn't make any sense. This is an easy feed me one for Deanna, I believe. Havoc is a, a, a big powerhouse beast that you could see. I mean, you could see her winning against anybody, like, <clears throat> in a flu. Like, I mean, you could just see, like, there's always a hint of, well, she could beat her. But out of everybody Deanna Perrazzo has faced so far and hasn't beat Deanna, I don't think Havoc's the one to do it. No. Although I will say I'm behind Havoc being Knockout's champion because she also has the look. She has that entrance with her with her headdress and everything, the the gas mask deal, and she just she looks menacing. But I'm with you, Diana Perrazzo has this one. Yeah, it's gonna take somebody more than Havoc to to take the gold off of Perrazzo. I don't know who the fuck it's gonna be. I don't think Impact knows yet either. 
be honest. Um, I mean, it could end up being Taylor Wilde. You never know, but could be. We will wait and see. And up next, we got a six-way number one contender for Impact World Championship. We got Sammy Callahan versus Matt Cardona versus Chris Bay versus Moose versus Chris Sabian versus Trey Miguel all in line to face Kenny Omega for the championship. Yeah, dude, this match is going to be the shit. I thought this match was going to be more big men than anything, but the way they've uh, had this all line up, this is like a perfect balance of everything I want to see in a impact main event. It's got everything. And Matt Cardona. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Everything and Matt Cardona. (laughs) He looks good. He's he's a fucking, he's a fine specimen for a human being. He just hasn't done anything to impress me yet. He has the body of an Adonis. Yeah, I just wish he wouldn't lose to fucking Brian Myers every time (laughs) I see him. It's really sad. Yeah, I think he's just, he's destined for mid-card his entire career. Which, uh, I mean, somebody has to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he could be an imposing guy who kind of challenges for world championships every now and then, but never really gets it or gets it as a transition. Yeah, I don't even know if he'll get it as a transition. <laughs> uh, So out of these six boys, who you got? Uh, going Sammy Callahan. Once again, I'm going to throw out that Mox is going to show up. He's going to help him. He's going to help him so that he can face Omega, and they're going to take him down together. But it's not going to happen that way. Yeah, and I I look at this group and... I also think Trey Miguel could win and then just lose his ass to Kenny Omega, but I don't know. Yeah, I would love to see Sammy Callahan versus Omega. That would be badass. But when hmm. I look at all six of these guys, I can honestly only see one across the ring from Kenny Omega. And he's not my favorite wrestler out of this bunch. But I got to go with Moose. <clears throat> I think it's going to hey, be Moose. Hey, the last Omega. time he and Omega shared a ring together, they did some good stuff. That's very true. It was the best Moose has ever looked in my eyes. Very true. I agree 100%. So that's that's what I see. Who knows? Maybe he'll throw throw us a curveball and Cardona will go. <laughs> no, that ain't the- well, the way I look at it is anybody who wins this isn't going to beat him anyway. So it, I guess it doesn't really matter. Right. Have Chris Saban get it, I guess. That'd, That'd be, be stupid, a really though. Good match, though. It would be a good match, but it wouldn't be. I wouldn't be happy with the finish of this. I guess, honestly, I'd be okay with anybody winning this probably other than Matt Cardona. Chris Bay, nah. I like Chris Bay, but Trey Miguel's got his spot. Uh, I like Trey Miguel. I just, I don't want to see him fed to Kenny Omega. Me neither. That's, that's my only thing there. Chris Bay would be cool. I think he could have a good-ass match with Omega. But I think Sammy Callahan's there, and there's a story there if you want to use it, if you want to try to bring over Moxley or Kingston. Even if you just brought over Kingston as somebody who's been on Impact fairly recently, that'd be cool with me. Right. 
Yeah. <laughs> then we have a six-man tag match to round out the night. And to tell you how much this match doesn't matter, I forgot to put it on the card. <laughs> Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson will face Eddie Edwards and Finn Juice, Juice Robinson and David Finley in a match with no stipulations, so it doesn't fucking matter. Yep, and I think, you know, like you said, it doesn't matter. So with that being the case, I'm going with the hometown heroes. Of course, the Good Brothers are are, are Impact guys, but but yeah, I guess nobody's hometown heroes because there's AEW with the Good Brothers who are Impact, and you got Eddie Edwards who's Impact with the New Japan Finju. So it really means so little. But I'm gonna go with Eddie Edwards. (laughs) I mean, just because I'm gonna go with the under. You know, the over under. I don't. I don't see. It's who I want to win. And, you know, I feel like I feel like at some point in this, Kenny's got to put somebody in impact over. So why not do it when there's <laughs> nothing on the line? Exactly. Yeah. Hell, so, he can achieve that even by having Carl Anderson take the pin. You know what I mean? Yep. It's still, it's still a victory over Omega. <clears throat> I want to pick them. I really do. But I can't not pick the Omega bros. For some reason. No, it makes sense. Maybe I did too good on the last Impact pay-per-view and I had to (laughs) even the odds. I don't know. Yeah, you kicked ass. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that brings us into the old tiebreaker, pasty. Brian Myers versus Black Taurus. Is it going to make it past the three-minute mark or not? And uh, of the yay and the nay, I'm going to go yay. I think... Uh, I think Brian Myers will hold in there for the old three-minute clicker. All right. And I'm going to go nay because, duh, I don't have much of a choice. Damn right. (laughs) Then I think Tarus should be able to bowl over Myers in a couple of seconds. It shouldn't be that bad. I could see it happening, and it'd be a good squash for him. Yeah. Good way to build the beast. (sighs) Ah. The old bison. M. Bison? Are you talking about Morrissey? <laughs> right. Uh, I'm never going to not make that association now. It's so stupid. It's the stupidest thing ever. It uh, it's fun, though. It is fun. Almost as fun as snapping into a fresh Savage Sentinel. We're about to do that right now, folks. Yes, and this week we are starting off with the man, John Cena, who is set to create, produce, and narrate WWE Evil. What is that, you may ask? Well, nobody knows for sure, but we do know it's a new original series that's coming to Peacock. As per a press release sent to Wrestling Inc., the show was an enter- is an entertaining psychological expose into the minds of the most diabolical antagonists in WWE history and their impact on mainstream culture. So it's Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, I don't probably Dark Side of the Ring as a work. You know, I, that's the Dark Side I mean. of the Ring. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, it's not clear if the show will document real life events or highlight Cena's unique perspective on pro wrestling's greatest heels or what exactly is going to happen. But Cena has been named executive producer for the series. Cena took to Twitter commenting on the new series saying, for every good guy, there has to be a bad one. And WWE has created some of the best bad guys and ladies in the history of entertainment. Excited to highlight those who made us boo, scream, and sometimes cried. WWE Evil on Peacock TV. What a shitty half-ass name for a show. And why of all the people who could be the host of WWE Evil, would you pick the one guy that you never gave us a heel run with? And how do you miss the chance of of making the show, calling the show WWE Evil? <laughs> right, yeah. It's right there. All you had to do was hit backspace twice. Hell, and even if you left the space and it was just WWE space vil, like villain, you know, it would still work. Yeah, or WWE evil, world wrestling evil. <laughs> There's a million and one things they could do. Yeah, I, I'll probably watch the first episode, but I'm going to be honest, I'm not excited for this. Good for them, though. It's good that they're using, that both Peacock and WWE are using their partnership to to expand. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to John Cena and that new DC or TV show coming to HBO Max. The, I forget what his name is. Black, Black Adam? Or... No. Or no, that's The Rock. That's The Rock. The fuck is John Cena? A TV show? Yeah, hang on. To... You talk. You're good at talking. Talk. Yeah, well, you know, The Rock is John Cena in a TV show. I don't know. Oh, he's on the Suicide Squad or something, isn't he? It's not Suicide Squad, though. It's uh, it's his own. Hang on. No, I think he's in the new Suicide Squad. He is, but he's got his own TV series oh coming gosh. to HBO Max called Peacemaker. Oh, so it's just a spinoff of the Suicide Squad? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think that'll be fun to watch. I probably won't watch that either. <laughs> I, I haven't watched any of the DC shit, really, so I don't, oh, I don't intend on it. The, uh, I watched Batman versus Superman, and I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this right again. The Harley Quinn TV show. That is an awesome TV show. You should watch that. There's a TV show? Are you talking the animated series? Yes. Okay, I have seen some of that. Oh, it's badass. Haley Cuoco does an awesome fucking Harley Quinn. And it's just so, it's like, it's almost like South Park meets DC. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Daria Baronado, a.k.a. Sonia Deville, had her temporary protection injunction against Philip A. Thomas extended last Thursday. Wrestling Inc. has learned and therefore reported to me Pasty, your favorite host of B-Sticks Podcast. The next protection hearing is October 7th at 9 a.m. In case you somehow forgot, Thomas tried to kidnap DeVille at her home in August of 2020. He had a a competency hearing and is facing life in prison on charges of aggravated stalking, armed burglary of a dwelling, attempted armed kidnapping, and criminal mischief. I love how they got to throw mischief in there. I know, right? That's the one I want. I want that on my record. Kidnapping, (laughs) burglary, armed assault, (laughs) aggravated stalking, and some mischief. He just twiddled his mustache. 
That's it. Oh, that <laughs> <Aw, laughs> shucks. <laughs> well, pasty and somewhat related news about these crazy fucking wrestling fan stalkers. Armando Alejandro Montalvo was granted bond just last week. Now, if you remember this, Montalvo had continually appeared at the WWE Performance Center, threatening them if they wouldn't let him become a WWE superstar. And since then, he was shot by the police outside of the facility. Now, this took place back in 2015 after threatening staff and attempting a break-in. Montalvo filed for a reconsideration of the denial of bail, which was granted. So basically he's saying, I want to be able to get bail. And he did. Montalvo posted only $1,000 bond. That's all it costs to get out of jail. Jesus Christ. But it's on each of the charges against him. He had petitioned the courts since his father is ill. The conditions of his bond are, he will have no contact with the victims or witnesses. He will not possess weapons, firearms, or ammunition. He will not possess or use controlled substances without a valid prescription. He will attend all scheduled psychological evaluations. He will reside at his home address and remain in contact with his attorney. He will not commit any new law offenses for which a judge at an initial appearance finds probable cause to have been committed. And he will make all future court appearances unless the appearance is waived by the court. I'm sure he'll adhere to all of those things. Well, he seems like a stand-up feller. Oh, yeah, definitely. No criminal mischief in his record. (laughs) Yeah, he he doesn't have the criminal mischief. (laughs) Uh, He's just trying to get in. He's like, hey, you guys didn't send me my trash bag. (laughs) Right? That's that's all they needed to do is chuck a trash bag at him. He'd be like, oh, shit, I guess I was laid off. (laughs) Just a post-it note stuck to it that says future endeavors. Yep fun times i'd have to assume maybe in his case he was somebody who was trying to get into the performance center as a wrestler or something and wasn't all right in the head oh yeah i mean he was i mean he was telling them that they they had to take him he was gonna be a superstar just a little you know they say you gotta have that motivation and that that go get him attitude but i think he had just a little too much He knows Vince likes people who take the initiative. He's he's grabbing that brass ring, Vince. (laughs) He's reaching. He's reaching. Uh, Peacock is now offering the WWE WrestleMania Backlash pay-per-view to new subscribers for 99 cents. Sound familiar? I like how WWE comes around and they got to fucking start throwing it away for a buck. Right. (laughs) No, this is what we did for two, three years. It works great. <laughs> we get new subscribers all the time. Every month, they Every just keep month. coming in. <laughs> it's, it's wild. Uh, the streaming service issued a mass email Thursday offering one month of their Peacock premium package at just 99 cents for a limited time only. That's 80% off the normal price as four ninety nine a month. Peacock Premium Plus package is $9.99 a month. The email touts how the $0.99 cent price includes WrestleMania Backlash. 
plus one month of the WWE Network content and everything else Peacock has to offer, which isn't very much if you already have Hulu. Hit series like Modern Family and new shows such as Young Rock, hundreds of movies, and live sports. I will admit I watch Peacock a hell of a lot more than Hulu. Yeah, I know. They got a lot more stuff, I think. <laughs> Hulu's starting to fall. Now that everybody has their own Hulu has services, more more good movies now than like, they do TV shows. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Now that everybody's got their own streaming services, Netflix and Hulu are starting to lose footing. It's sad, really. Hulu, it's, it's, it's going to end up boiling down to where it's pretty much just Fox content at some point, right? You have to assume. Well, I don't know. Because... All the stuff that Disney Plus couldn't put on Disney Plus because it's not I was going to say, I mean, Family it's, it's friendly. weird because Disney owns, like, two-thirds of, of Hulu. Yeah. And then I'm trying to think. Of, I think I think it's NBC Universal that owns the other third. Yeah, it is. And they got Peacock so now, so they don't like, need it. Yeah, so Hulu doesn't really have a, a reason to exist anymore. Except for the Fox content that doesn't have its own streaming service. Well, fucking Disney+. Plus. Yeah, but you're not going to put, I don't know, they're not, you know, they go to like PG-13. What won't they put on there? Because they got a lot of Lots stuff of on Fox there already. TV shows? Like they won't, you're not going to see 24? <laughs> oh, yeah. 100%. No, that's not going to be on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, well, it'll just be yeah. on a, not on a, you know, the adult, you know, you won't have the, I don't know. Same I thing think, I just has. think Hulu, I just think Hulu is the adult Disney+, Plus, and that's the way it should be for them. They're like they're uh, what was that? They had Disney had created a a company back in the day so that they could have R and PG thirteen movies. I can't remember what it was, but oh my god, I remember. Yeah, they I literally put... just created their own. It, yeah. it was Disney. They just went under a different name. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. So, with that being said, good for them, I guess. Good for anybody who wants to watch Peacock. I like how they're pushing WrestleMania backlash. Like they've realized that backlash. That's the name of the pay per view. Yeah, yeah, I know, but I mean, like WWE's realized backlash doesn't sell, so let's just. And they they got the exact same logo as WrestleMania, no yep. different. So no they're different. really just trying to sell people WrestleMania, and then they're gonna get backlash. Yeah, it's bad really. I'm excited for next month's WrestleMania Money in the Bank. Oh, it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> um. Pasty, we don't got a lot in the comings and goings, but I'm going to get right into it. And that would be released WWE superstar Chelsea Green, presently serving her WWE non-compete clause and isn't eligible to sign with a new promotion, at least not until July 14th. But in the meantime, Pasty, Green is busy figuring out the next stage of her career. And her bucket list of things, as she posted, include... Posing for Playboy and becoming a queen, a scream queen in a horror movie. Said, quote, I have a bucket list of things I want to do. Definitely, I want to be killed in a horror movie. She told this to Metro UK magazine. Also, I'm trying to work at making contacts in Playboy to helpfully do that. While noting that Impact Wrestling, AEW, and Ring of Honor are all in her wish list of destinations. I'm pretty sure, didn't Playboy quit doing nudes, though? I think so. I think they just do. I, I also they, don't. I honestly didn't think they still publish Playboy, but I, know I don't mean to be mean or anything, but Chelsea Green ain't selling me on a copy of Playboy. 
She's got like Watch weird face, face creases that make her <laughs> seem really old. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know her face. Something about her face just it it bothers me. It does. I'd like to see her get a, a movie role or something. She can star alongside fucking Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson in the next Saw movie. Yeah. Isn't that a weird fucking combination? Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson are, st- are the stars of the next Saw movie. That's just so weird. It's not called Saw. It's called Spiral from the, the Book next, of Saw. It's still the next Saw movie. I don't give a fuck what it is. <laughs> they just, it it was... could be cool, I guess. It, I guess it depends on how much different than Saw it's going to be. It's supposed to be kind of like a child's play or, or, or Freddy Krueger-like, where it's supposed to be supposed to be a horror, but it's a horror comedy. Not not just horror. I didn't see anything in the previews that said it was going to be comedy. It looked real intense. Yeah, all of the press releases—that's what they're selling it as. Because Chris, wow. this is Chris Rock. Chris Rock wrote it. He came up with it, wrote it, and everything. Yeah, but Chris Rock can do serious if he wants to. Yeah, but he said this is he wanted to make a funny <laughs> saw. That's that's what he's saying. That's what he's selling it as in his own fucking words. He's selling it as saw, but with comedy. I guess we'll see. I so, guess we will see. I probably won't. I haven't watched a Saw movie since maybe three or something. Uh, Although they are smart at actually hiring like real celebrities now to be in Saws since nobody watches them anymore. Right. <laughs> they either had to kill it completely or, or do this. <laughs> yeah, I watched Kong Skull Island, by the way, since we're talking about Sam oh, Jackson. Did you love it? Yeah, it was good. Was, was fucking Samuel L. Jackson's death not like the best? It was the best. And he also <laughs> said, um, hold on to your butts. And that made me giggle. Because that's from Jurassic Park. Hold on to your butts. It was uh, good. Was I was so happy to hear that callback. Yeah, I really enjoyed <laughs> that movie. It's got good story, good characters, and, and action. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. Glad you got a chance to watch it. I'm, I'm glad Sam Jackson's fucking bitch ass died. <laughs> <laughs> It's it was awesome. A, yeah, it's just the best death. Dude. I don't, won't spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it, but I recommend you go watch it because it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that movie is better than Godzilla vs. King Kong. Well, Pasty, something that's not better is uh, we got to get into the injury report this week. Oh, boy. Ah, Yes. Jericho was expected by some to be held off a of TV for a week or two to sell the big cage bump from the finish of the blood and guts match. But shockingly, and in my opinion, stupidly, I, you keep him off TV for a couple of weeks after that, please. You would think, wouldn't you? Yeah, but he appeared on dynamite with his uh, left elbow taped up and in this brace that goes from his fucking armpit to his wrist. <laughs> and that's where I'm like, this isn't a real injury. That's a Judas effect enhancer. <laughs> he's trying He's trying to get a role as Jax in the next movie. It appears the lion tamer actually suffered a legitimate elbow injury, or at least Brian Alvarez wants us to believe that because maybe he got a bottle of bubbly from Jericho or something. Got the bubbly. He said Jericho suffered a legitimate injury in falling off the blood and guts cage. Possibly a fracture of the elbow. There's no word yet on the severity of Jericho's injury. 
but I promise you there is none. <laughs> or how long he will be out. Which he probably won't compete <laughs> until the stadium. This is it too, Fat Mac. I don't know if you watched. Oh, it's going into a stadium a... stampede. Oh, my God. And if the inner circle loses, they break up forever. MJF said that there would be no funny business in this one, though. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how far I'm supposed to take that. Because right? I, I... <laughs> what does it it's mean? kind of fucked that they're going from the bloody fucking badass war games match that they just had to going into last year's funniest match of the year. Right. Well, it'll be entertaining, and I'm sure it'll it'll get views. It will. I don't want Inner Circle to break up yet, though. I do want the Pinnacle to go on to a feud with the Super Elite, but... Um... So, I I was trying to think of this when I was watching Blood and Guts. Are they... Are they both heel teams, or is the Inner Circle now No, faces? as soon as as soon as soon MJF did the flip thing, all so of a sudden Inner faces. Circle's faces. Okay. Yeah. I was trying to figure that out. I'm... It was a really easy transition point. Yeah. I think maybe they could have blended it together a little bit better, made it a, like a couple-week transition, but it was just like, flip a switch, it's done. Yeah, that's all wrestling. It works. So, yeah. Uh... Another AEW feller, Ricky Starks, reportedly suffered a fractured neck during the April 21st Dynamite loss to Hangman Page. Funny, Hangman broke Ricky Starks. <laughs> right. <neck>. Cowboy shit! <laughs> the injury reportedly occurred when Starks landed on his head from a released German suplex. Yeah, landing on your head will do that. Well, you're supposed to land on your upper shoulders. Starks is Even s- I know that. <laughs> right? Mark. Starks is expected to miss around three months of in-ring action, but is also expected to continue to appear on AEW TV in some capacity. Doctors reportedly believe that Starks' neck will heal without needing surgery. Dr. Nick has not yet commented on it. This doesn't need anything. (laughs) It'll be fine, everybody. uh, (laughs) He's fine, everybody. (laughs) Uh, But Starks did tweet an x-ray photo of the injury. No caption needed. It's a broken neck. <laughs> well, he's got to win a gold medal now, right? Yes. He's got to do something. <laughs> <clears throat> I was uh, talking with some cats on the internet this week, as I occasionally do, and the topic came up, uh, Brian Cage with the FTW championship that they just don't seem to be doing anything with. And this was before this week and Miro taking the championship off of Derby. But I said, what if they used in a side-eye way, used the FTW champ as like an internet championship, but Cage would defend it on both dark and dark elevation, so he's working twice as hard as the TNT champion every week? I feel like that could pigeonhole into some shit if Darby stayed the TNT champion for a while yet. But, uh... But that that changed on Wednesday. It did. But I still think that'd be cool if the FTW champion was like the internet championship and it was only defended on those shows. And like he was working twice as hard as the TNT guy. And so that gives him an extra chip on his shoulder. I get it. And it could be good for everybody who comes up through that. I I think the whole FTW championship is supposed to kind of be almost like the million dollar championship where it's like a champion that doesn't want to defend it. Yeah. I just... This is mine. I made it. I have it. It's mine. I'm keeping it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like what you're saying. 
I don't think it would work at, on Cage because, of, like I said, that's kind of the character that we have right now. It's just like, no, I'm the champion. Yeah. But the same point, he's a big badass dude, probably one of the bigger dudes you got on Dark or Dark Elevation. You know what I mean? And so he could be that gatekeeper for a while. And so and it just, would transition him into bigger things when he comes to the roster. He's like, you know, I work way fucking harder than any of you. Well, and since it's Dark and Dark Elevation, you could have squash matches against little nobodies. Yeah. it was a thought i thought it would work i think it would be a good thing somebody was like no it'd be the 24 7 championship all over again but i'm like no it's it's not it's defended two nights at specific times and legitimate matches inside of a ring right (laughs) it's it's very different than the it's very different do you watch wrestling Yeah, that'd be interesting. And be yeah. a, a reason to watch Dark and Elevation because there's an actual championship on there. Yeah. And then eventually maybe Cardona comes back from Impact and he's like, oh, we got an internet champion over here, huh? Fucking Cage Cardona would be fun as hell to watch. I like you thinking. I do some thinking sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, um... Yeah, so that's uh, that's Ricky Starks for you. That is Ricky Starks <laughs> and the rest of Team Taz <laughs> covered for you this week in Tazamania, the new segment on B6 Podcast. <laughs> it's it's my Taz tickles. I don't know. <laughs> I kind of like that. It just tickles me just right, that Taz. We're going to have a new Taz tickles. I always make him wear the towel over his head. There you go. Uh, and to follow up the AEW is the most dangerous promotion news to finish the Wednesday's world title eliminator match between Pac and Orange Cassidy had to the finish had to be changed after Cassidy was legitimately knocked out during the bout Cassidy is said to be okay by Dr. Nick (laughs) And was seen socializing with a number of talents after Dynamite went off the air. If he's talking to people and showing he has energy, dude definitely has a concussion. (laughs) Yeah, he forgot who he is. (laughs) The Cassidy versus Peck match was initially set to end in a 20-minute draw. However, due to Cassidy's injury, an audible was called 13 minutes in. To not only stop the match, but to end it in a double countout after Omega did a run-in and hit Pack with the belt. I'm surprised they didn't have him hit Cassidy. Right? <laughs> oh. Yeah, Cassidy went down hard, man. That was a solid knockout. That's sad. Very, very sad. I mean, it's... Oh, the wrestling ring can be a dangerous place, man. Yeah. And, uh, boy, it's just getting worse. We, we went a few weeks without having, like, any injury news, and now it's it's all piling up. EC3 revealed. Well, at least one of them's fake. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> EC3 revealed he will be out for a bit. He posted, I'm not dead yet. If you know or if you don't, if you care or if you don't, this is my story. Sounds like the intro to, like, a fucking. 
TV series or something. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> I feel like he he thinks maybe he's Ryback. <laughs> Have you right. seen that Ryback shit? Yeah, it's which promotion nuts. do you want me to see me in? And everybody keeps picking retire, <laughs> and then he says he's gotten rid of all the trolls and you fake know, accounts, and he keeps getting retired anyways. <laughs> It's kind of fun, actually. That's this is the most entertaining. It's gonna be a sad day when he kills himself, though. <laughs> That's what'll happen, right? Yeah, I feel like sad. Uh, two times this year, <laughs> EC3 said, "I found myself infected post COVID. Once in my foot, <coughs> stemming from a wound from a torn toe tendon. Ooh, torn toe tendon. Mm. Uh, clarity for all those that tried to cancel my toe on social media a few months ago." Hashtag don't cancel my toe. And another from a cut. Cancel toe. (laughs) (laughs) And another from a cut suffered during a match where maybe a wrestling ring canvas isn't the most sanitary place to be. Yeah, no shit. Both times I were treated with antibiotics. Both times I missed no activity and continued my tireless efforts of conquest in the physical, mental, and spiritual realms. This might be really what has he been doing the last year? I haven't seen him do anything. I think this is a TV show, man, but I like it. (laughs) A couple weeks ago, I noticed a swelling developing in my arm and in other areas of my body. Well, then. (laughs) Too much blue chew. Finally, after an attempt at some athletic-based therapy, my arm became a gigantic, swollen, horrifying, (laughs) ungodly, painful atrocity. This motherfucker needs to write for TV. He's just Why aren't his promos better? I know. (laughs) He does have awesome promos. Man, this shit's good. I mean, this shit is good. Next thing I knew... Words like cellulitis, staph, and stenosis were thrown around. I was being pumped full of from foods, his arm, antibiotics, and morphine, and was in an ambulance to my staycation destination. I just Ad- imagine Morty from that episode of Rick and Morty. Advent they go- Health Downtown Orlando. Oh, it's not over yet, folks. The next 10 days or so became a blur. Shut down completely. Physically, mentally, but now I'm home to heal, to rest. That is not easy. I'm not back, not even close. This is difficult to accept. I'm lacking the motivation, the drive, the grind, the churn. This isn't who I am. He needs the monster arm back. God, this <laughs> he's going to continue to lose himself. <laughs> I this is beautiful. This like needs to go to a book of poems. It's or poetic. It's just it's poetic. awesome. God damn, I love that. He he could ghost write for R.L. Stein. I'm telling you, <laughs> this is good shit. I'm gonna I'm gonna read that before bed every night. That's good. Good good stuff. <laughs> Commit it to memory so you can tell the grandchildren someday. Oh, for sure. That's gonna be the bedtime story. <laughs> the change. <laughs> what the fuck is the churn? I don't even know. <laughs> churn. Well, he had swelling in places, and then he masturbated so much his arm flared up and huge muscles, and he had to go get the muscles removed, and now he can't make the churning motion anymore. I guess he can't do the churn. Churn's lost. <laughs> he has to relearn the churn. <clears throat> Ooh, talk about good, fun, hard-hitting wrestling this week. Raw featured Sheamus versus Carrillo in singles action. The match ended after Carrillo delivered a sunset flip powerbomb 
from the apron to the floor, right in front of the announcers. Sheamus and Carrillo landed bad with Sheamus crashing down on Carrillo's knee. Humberto Carrillo is said to be all right after the bad bump that abruptly ended Monday's Raw match with WWE United States champion Sheamus. There's no word yet on if he was checked out for any injury or if he will miss any ring time. Carrillo treated about the incident, saying last night was the first time I couldn't finish a match (laughs) in my whole wrestling career. But when you push the limits as I do, anything can happen in a split second. This is not over, Seamus. Until next time. So it's not over until until next time? Yeah. Next, next time next it will time be, over. be over. Yeah. It's, it's be <laughs> over next, time. next time it's over. <laughs> no, no. Uh, we know how WWE does shit. This is going to be like 38 weeks. They're going to try to ride this feud out to WrestleMania. <laughs> They'll do it. Well, being as they're having a WrestleMania every fucking month, I think. <laughs> Not difficult to do. <laughs> oh, pasty as the world starts thinking that they're sick of taking COVID precautions. COVID seems to be sweeping the nation once more. And other nations as well, as New Japan Pro Wrestling announced May 8th that nine wrestlers tested positive for COVID-19. As a result of the news, PCR testing was conducted across the entire roster and seven wrestlers tested positive, seven more. New Japan noted in their statement that all those who tested positive are experiencing mild symptoms or are asymptomatic. So nobody's having a horrible time, but it's still going, folks. It's not over yet. Oh, it's still going. Kirsten was telling me earlier and I didn't vet this story. Uh, but apparently people in the and uh baseball MLB there you go god i'm <laughs> that's bad yeah people in MLB who have been vaccinated are getting sick from covid again so i don't like i said i didn't vet that i probably shouldn't have said that on a podcast where people <laughs> right. trust me to get the news but yeah that's the thing yeah, it's MLB. Nobody's going to miss them. <laughs> they were the first fuckers to go back to full stadiums. That's what you get. Exactly. Uh, a man many thought was invincible. Jerome New Jack Young passed away earlier this afternoon following a heart attack in North Carolina. That's right. His heart killed him. Where he had lived in recent years. PW Insider was informed by Young's wife, Jennifer, of his passing. Young was 58 at the time of his passing. At times of his passing. Time. Passing time. Time passing. Passing time times. New Jack was one of the most controversial wrestlers in professional wrestling. But he was also one of the more intense and charismatic performers over the last several decades. The New Jack name was inspired by the film New Jack City as Jerome imagined fans chanting it while he was in the ring, a vision that certainly came true countless times over. New Jack! New Jack! New Jack! Stop stabbing that guy, New Jack! He's gonna <laughs> die! <laughs> yeah, Pasty, uh... Of course, he started out, like everybody else, working the territories, and after breaking into the business in Georgia... 
While mentored by the late Ray Candy, New Jack formed the Gangstas with Mustafa for a run in Smoky Mountain Wrestling that put the duo, empowered by Jack's incredible edgy interviews, on the map. This was often embiggened by New Jack shouting racist remarks at the Southerners and many Caucasian fans hurling racist expletives right back at him. This heat led to the team headlining against everyone from the Rock and Roll Express to even The Undertaker. After Smoky Mountain Wrestling, the duo moved to Extreme Championship Wrestling during the summer of 1995. Jack and ECW were a perfect match as the product pushed everything as far as the envelope would allow at that time, providing Jack with a perfect backdrop to paint violent, bloody pictures as he and partners brawled all over the buildings while Ice Cube and Dr. Dre's Natural Born Killers blasted over, creating a real-life movie fight scene like we had never seen before in pro wrestling. Yes, indeed. While Jack held the ECW World Tag Team Championship several times, he might be far better remembered for diving out of balconies to put helpless opponents through tables, something that he devised as a way to make sure that the audience's attention and their memories were about him, no matter whether he was booked to win or lose. Over time, his fearlessness at doing these dives took its physical toll, especially after a planned fall at Living Dangerously 2000 went completely wrong. But any highlight reel of ECW would be incomplete without those insane moments. Young's life and career were chronicled during the second season of Dark Side of the Ring, and he also made a memorable appearance appearance in the Barry Blonstein documentary Beyond the Mat back in 99 where Blonstein famously remarked that none of his other friends had justifiable homicides on their record. (laughs) Adding to the controversy, his transgender daughter has put him on blast for being vocally ashamed of her and her award-winning drag shows. A fact New Jack had denied and claimed he didn't like discussing family of any kind with the public. Well, there's no doubt that there will be a lot written about Jerome Young in the days to come. This just happened this afternoon as of recording, May 14th, Friday. So, um, yeah, haven't had any time to process. I got yeah. back to my computer and I was like, <laughs> oh, we're doing this now. Yeah. But the reality was this I mean, he loved to perform and he loved to be New Jack in the public eye. He put himself through a lot of physical and mental pain in order to live his life. As and other Jack. people, because yeah. he couldn't feel enough pain on his own to give you everything you needed as a wrestling fan. And uh, he even once famously went on record with PW Insider's Dave Shear saying he made the decision to do so, that he knew what he was getting into, and that he had no regrets because it was the decision that he chose to make. So old new Jack, man, we'll, we'll always have the memories of him both inside, outside of the ring, murdering people, stun gunning motherfuckers, and then throwing them off of a scaffold, trying to kill them. They got to play my way by, uh, <laughs> by Frank, Frank Sinatra, Sinatra while they're burning his body. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's one motherfucker did it his way. No matter what. Yeah, definitely did. I mean, the stories let nobody stand in his way. The stories of him just sitting backstage and getting so coked out, he had no idea 
he had no memory after the match what had even happened. I mean, he's admitted that. It's not, <laughs> this isn't rumors and shit or people talking in the back. I mean, this is him in interviews saying, yeah, I just fucking Great. did a whole bunch of cocaine. I wasn't sure what was going on. I just started stabbing people. Sometimes you do that. New Jack was the last real professional wrestler. Boy, he was something. <laughs> he's really, I mean, he's kind of in a category of his own because, you know, you can akin him to somebody like a Bruiser Brody or a Mick Foley or a Nick Gage or a Danzig or whatever you want to. Um, But this guy was a, a I don't know if you want murderer? to say murderer, but... He, he in real life killed people. He was a homicide artist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was a homicide artist. Um, I mean, this guy was, you know, you talk about Bruiser Brody and Mick Foley and these guys and everybody says they're the nicest person in the world outside of the ring. <laughs> Nobody said that about new Jack ever. New Jack might've said that one point in time. or another. Uh, I don't know if you'd even want to be called nice. So <laughs> yeah. So he's definitely, in his own category, I think, as far as individuals go. Yes, indeed. Huh. Too bad we never got Moxley versus New Jack, huh? Would be, uh, I don't think he would do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think he knew better. <laughs> Old John Mox knew better than that. He didn't want none of that. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. But I will say on the the blood and guts edition of uh, of Beefsticks podcast, what, yeah, I fitting. guess if, if the man has to die, that's I mean he he died in the right spot. We missed last week for a reason. Yep, there there are reasons <laughs> that things happen, folks. <sighs> With that said, Pasty, I think uh, that's about it. Do you think New Jack died watching, or died of a heart attack watching Chris Jericho fall onto that bed mattress? Oh, he just he was so disgusted. He was like, oh my God. I'm coming, Elizabeth. It's the big one. He really liked the match up until that point. Yep. Lots of blood. Stabbing with the fork, dude. That was cool as shit. Yep. I Stabbing him in the head with the fork. Good, good times. Good times. Except for New Jack. Although, I'm sure he's happy wherever he is. Sure, he's dead. What if he's not? What if this is all just a ploy and he's got to go get some revenge? <laughs> I mean, to be to be honest, it did just happen. We, the news just came out this week, so or the, today, I should say. <laughs> today, yeah. This afternoon, for all we know, tomorrow the thing comes out. Oh, it was just a misunderstanding. He's not dead. <laughs> blacked out too much cocaine <laughs> it'll, it'll be interesting to see how you know how he died or what he died from in the days coming up well definitely probably not definitely well didn't probably. it say heart attack i'm pretty sure it said yeah heart yeah but it's like you know i'm sure we'll have more news about this next week yeah I yeah doubt, this, I doubt this he was is not just, the last you'll hear of new jack on this podcast yeah, i doubt he was just sitting on his sofa and had a heart attack or, or maybe he did but I'm assuming things were uh, involved. Probably. Love, spread it like cocaine. I mean, cancer. Uh, fuck, which, which one's worse? Well, cancer's worse than cocaine. Cocaine's good. <laughs> Hello.
Never, never heard New Jack talking about sitting backstage doing cancer before a show. <laughs> Snorting cancer back there. Uh, stab somebody. Do it for New Jack. That's what he would want. That's what he would want. We'll see you next week, folks.